This is Moving Through or Imagining Education, the journey of children, parents, and facilitators from Cabrillo. Thank you very much for joining uh, this series of podcasts. This is the third season and it's moving through reimagining education, the journey of children, parents and facilitators from Cubrio. And firstly, please let us know uh, what is your uh, story. Be a powerful storyteller for us, your journey today. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I, it's always exciting to talk to, to you and, and others as well. Um, you know, we just, my husband and I, uh, went and ran 40 miles in Guatemala um, on the eve of our 40th birthdays. It was kind of our celebration. And uh, we went to Guatemala. We ran the mountains. It was a crazy trip. We had a guide. And it opened our eyes that we didn't have to wait until our kids graduated from high school to travel. That all around us were these expats with their kids. And we thought, why not? Let's do it now. Right? We're young. Let's do it when we're able and physical and we can we can just do all this stuff easily and we, we're not so concerned about health insurance of course we had health insurance but we weren't you know as concerned about it and so we did exactly that we took off and we ended up traveling for six plus years mm -hmm. through central america mexico europe and africa um, since then we have settled in portugal we've been here for about two years two and a half uh, we've rescued two dogs um, we still consider ourselves travelers. For our visa, we have to be in the country at least eight months a year. And so we stick by that guideline of making sure that we are in the country eight months a year. Um, and, but then we spend the other four months traveling still. So that's what it is. My kids are 17 and 13. They left when we were five and eight. So especially for my youngest, um, he's grown up traveling. Like they are, they are second culture kids because... They just know more of the world almost and they know their home country. No, not better than they know their home country, but equally as well. Okay, so thank you so much. The story sounds absolutely amazing. And we'll jump into the question. Just one thing that I heard from you, Mikel, is that you know how we always say, not all of us, that Australia is down and we are up. And they always, <laughs> like when I meet them, they ask, could you just imagine turning the map <laughs> the other way around and you are down and we are up same here like reversing why waiting if it feels right and we can reverse this movement why not so thank you for sharing that with us of course okay let's jump into the question okay first one what is that you want to see out there happening in the world for education and learning what would we need in the future of these education and learning to thrive so first, I would just like to see overall fewer restrictions. I think people who take their kids' educations into their hands, at least the large majority, the 99.5% of the people that choose to home educate or unschool or world school their children are doing so because they feel it is the best thing for their kids. And I do believe it is the best thing for kids to have that type of freedom to um explore the things that they want to explore. Now, my husband and I both have our master's degrees. So we are intelligent, capable, academic people. But we also recognize that having a college degree isn't the pass that you need anymore um, in today's world. It was something we absolutely needed, but we're a couple of generations down the line now. So if education could just be less restrictive, if we could trust 
um, our parents, if we could trust our children, and if we could help that there for there to be more opportunities, um, even government sponsored, but even when those government sponsored options are there without strings attached, right? It doesn't mean that you have to take a standardized test at the end of the year. I, I would really like to see um, if there needs to be some sort of you know, checkbox for the government, it's an interview, you know, come into my home, schedule an appointment, come into my home, let me show you, let me let the kids show you what they've done. Um, so many families that I know that educate alternatively say, have a 10 minute conversation with my children, you'll get it. Or you'll be comfortable that they are getting the skills that they need to be productive members of society someday. Okay, thank you. Mm. Second question, what is one thing that you had have to let go of maybe repeatedly in your journey? Oh, but there's never one thing. <laughs> If there's one, we're not reflecting very well, especially when I've been doing this for eight years. Um, as a former teacher, I had to let so much of that go. And I really think that so much of what I had to let go was these expectations of writing every day or making sure that they're writing these five paragraph essays. Um, we don't do any kind of writing like that, let me tell you. And luckily, my daughter is really flourished. She's coming about, she's even taking a Cuprio class on creative writing. And I was like, you're, you're what? You're taking the creative writing class? She's like, oh yeah, I love it. Today we learned about characterization and da, da, da. I'm like, okay. So I know that she can write. I know that she can put together Google slide presentations that are in the medium that people are using today. People aren't using five paragraph essays, at least the people that I know, right? My son has been doing some um, answering questions using video for an, another program that he's he's in. He has to analyze the situation, watch the video, and then talk about it answering questions in less than five minutes. That's the kind of ways that we're communicating. So really rethinking how kids are communicating. I also had to stop planning so much. So I'm, I'm just going to answer you more than one because there's so many things to answer. But I used to over plan, right? Oh, here's this great unit. We'll do this. Oh, we're at the Mex you know, we're at the ocean in Mexico. Let's study the ocean. And the kids were into it, but not so into it. And some of the stuff that I was trying to teach them wasn't really applicable. Like I didn't know what the names of the sand dunes and the different areas that beach were called. And does it really matter? No. But what's more, more interesting for them is... Uh, what about the toxins from this uh, from this animal and how it you know protects itself and how it goes after its prey? And my daughter became this marine biology nerd, she calls herself a bio nerd, um, from her love of science and, and marine biology that she took from a particular science teacher. And so, um, and that didn't come from my planning, right? That came from her love of learning and, and her adventure into things that she found interesting. And I think one more thing is too much mastery. Sometimes, um, and I still find myself doing this, like you can't move on to the next level until you've mastered this. Well, you know, I can remember as a child, maybe you can too, doing pages and pages of long division right, until you knew it, you had it down. I can do any long division problem, any multi-digit multiplication problem in a couple of minutes, if not less, seconds. And it takes my son a couple of minutes and his accuracy is, not, accuracy is not there. His efficiency is not there. And he's like, mom, I'm going to use a calculator. Oh, yeah. You know, everyone has calculators on phones and everywhere. And he's right. So I have to constantly rethink, like, how much accuracy, how much efficiency is needed before we move on to the next level. It's not that some isn't needed, 
but maybe it doesn't need to be as much as I had. And especially when it comes to math, like he understands the foundations as does she, but they just don't necessarily have the speed, which with it, with, you know, the computation that I have. So we, we constantly have that battle and, and actually it's not a battle. We constantly have that discussion. And I bring my husband into that, that um, discussion because he is the COO of a company and finance is part of one of his branches. And he's always doing these elaborate spreadsheets and, you know, figures and all this stuff. And so I, I'm constantly saying, hey, t- let's talk about the math you're doing. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I don't really do any of this double digit multiplication. I, I, you know, but he talks to him and he says, I do higher level math. He has to figure out what operations are going into the cells to figure out the math correctly. So we have those conversations about what actually is needed and why sometimes the lower level math is needed to help you propel yourself to the higher level math. Thanks. So there's your long answer. Yeah, very good. Very good answer. Thank you. <laughs> Third question. How do we connect? How do you connect and build relationships during this shift of paradigm, if we can call it at this point? Uh, which do you think are five qualities a friend of yours would describe as you during this time, during this journey? And what would they say? they get inspiration from you? <laughs> um, well, first of all, our, our connections are through Kubrio. They're through, um, honestly, I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook, but it's a vital resource, especially as we travel. It's how I found out about a lot of travel opportunities. I found out about local groups. And so um, there's a local group here in Portugal and we all get together. Um, I'm sure you know some of them to Kubrio. They're not all part of Kubrio, but many of them are. Uh, So, you know, it's, you have to work hard though. You have to get out there and you have to meet people. You know, I went, we moved to this area not too long ago and I started going to the gym and like my third day at the 745 class, this woman comes up to me and she's like, Hey, a bunch of us go get coffee. And I was like, Oh, okay. I'll I'll go with you next week. My husband's like, why didn't you go today? And I was like, I wasn't prepared. Like I'm an introvert. (laughs) I was like, I can't just go get coffee. And I'd go get coffee with them, you know, probably three times a week. And they all speak Portuguese and a couple of them speak English and I get some of it. (laughs) You know, I have to force myself. And so, but all of that leads to relationships. And one of the moms has two kids of kids my age. And, you know, we're going to get them together as soon as our schedules can make it happen. But it's hard work, but, but you, but it can happen. And there's a bunch of moms um, around here and we get our teenagers together um, two, three times a year. And I mean, literally, they, we pick a couple of houses and they stay in an area and then we, we bring them to all these activities. There's five days of activities, barbecues, get togethers, whatever. Um, and so we, it just it takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So five qualities. Um, definitely adventurous. How can you not be when we've traveled the world like we have? But, you know, my husband and I don't actually think we were that risk taking. Yes, we left you know, he left his corporate America job and we rented the house and, you know, we could have moved back anytime we needed to, would have had to wait out the the lease, but um, we could have. But I think a lot of people think you're moving to another country, you're you're doing all that. That's quite adventurous. Like you've been to more than 30 countries with your kids. That's crazy. Um, But it's not. (laughs) Uh, In my core, I'm a teacher but I'm not a traditional teacher. So I taught in the United States. I have my national board certification, which is a voluntary program that you can go after. Um, I've had that for 20 years. 
that certification. So there's a part of me that is just a core a teacher. Um, and I think the, the next couple are going to go hand in hand, and that is both irresponsible and admirable, right? There are some people who think, how could she do this to her kid's education? How could she not be giving them every advantage? Um, and I do think that there are some drawbacks to what we've done, but I think that the, the benefits are far greater than the drawbacks. And so, you know, for every person that calls me irresponsible, there's probably three of my friends that call me admirable. Um, and then there's just a little bit of crazy, but honestly, the crazy comes because it all comes together because of my relationship with my husband. We really support each other. We've grown together. We take risks together. Everything that we do is discussed and balanced and it might seem crazy, but um, I don't know. It just never feels like the huge risk that everybody else thinks it is. And maybe it's because we took so many small risks that the big ones aren't a big deal anymore. That's who we are. That's who I am and, and we are. And the last part, what would somebody get inspiration from you? Not the last question uh, yet. Um, you know, um, I, I think it's being okay to let go. No, I'm going to take that back to travel. I know of at least two families who have looked at our family and said, yeah. we want to do more of that. Um, and You know, these are families that uh, had full-time jobs that they could do them remotely, and they just said, "We're gonna, we're gonna do it. We're gonna travel more." And they set their lifestyle up. They bought the right car so they could travel around. These um, one family is is European, so they could go. They didn't have to worry about visas like we did originally. Um, so yeah, there have been at least a couple families that have said, "We want to travel the world more with our kids, and we want to bring that to them at a young age." Mm. So I think that that's that's where some people get inspiration from. I can share that for right now, today, my inspiration <laughs> from you was together and taking little risks. Or Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> almost the last question. What do you feel called to leave, lean on, or be, or do in the next, next one to two years? So I have a huge task in the next one to two years, and that is um, that my daughter is 17. <laughs> And, you know, we got to figure out what she wants to do. Um, and I say we, because this is a partnership, right? You don't just throw your kids. It, it's much easier to say, okay, pick a four-year college or pick a, a community college, whatever it is that is right for your family. We don't know what's right, right? My husband and I both, like I said, we both have university degrees, but we're not convinced that that's the way of the future. And we're not convinced, especially at the cost in the United States, that that's the right use of money anymore. Um, unless you know what you want to do. When I went for my undergraduate, when he went for his undergraduate, we didn't know what we wanted to do. We got generic undergraduate degrees and then I went and got my master's in teaching um, and similar for him. So we're trying to help her figure out. She knows she wants a gap year, which everyone says is crazy. Your life is a gap year. But if she travels on her own, if she makes those, those decisions on her own without us tagging along, that is completely different than traveling as a family. That is her figuring it out, right? Her going where she wants to go. Um, we also want to look for some internships. Her and I took a trip to Panama last year um, with uh, one of her science classes. And we were there for two weeks. One was a pants on science and the other one was um, upgrading her scuba diving certificate. So she's now open water certified instead of junior open water. Um, and she, one of the places we went was a coral restoration reef, a uh, coral restoration group. And they use scuba diving, 
they are going down and pulling up reefs and cutting them apart and planting them and then bringing them back to the ocean floor so they can revive the ocean floors, um, the, the reef, coastal reefs that have been damaged. And she just thought that was incredible. These are small mom and pop operations, right? So Ella has been thinking about what does she need to do as far as what skills? Does she need to take the filmmaking class so that she can help with social media? Does she need to, you know, have an Instagram account of her own that she knows how to work these things to bring attention to these nonprofits? What is it that she can do now so that she can support organizations that she wants to gain skills from? What can she offer them that they can gain, they can offer her, right? So there's internships or you know, opportunities that we want to find for her. And, and maybe we have to make them. Maybe we have to contact an org and say, hey, this is what Ella can bring to you. You know, what do you think? Um, and also, what is she going to do for schooling, right? It's very likely she'll go to school in Europe. That is just a whole new ball of wax as far as I'm concerned. I don't know anything. My husband doesn't know anything about college in Europe. We know it's a lot cheaper, um, but we also know that we all want to be in Europe. So, Figuring that out is just huge, huge. And it's not a one-person job. It is a, you know, Ken, Mikkel, and Ella job. We all have to get in there and figure it out together. Let and us it scares clap me. for that moment. Let us clap <laughs> for that so you can feel a little bit of support because that's great. Partnership. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Last but not least, what is one um, image, song, poem that comes to you when you think of moving the movement that you have done through reimagining education for your kids? You know, I don't have one image, but um, it always has to do with children and tools and playing, right? So my daughter is playing when she's got her art, art tools around her. She was watercoloring yesterday mm -hmm. and she's just so happy. You get into that sense of flow. Um, Peter Gray, you know, yeah. talks about when you just are doing something and you don't even recognize time going by. Um, for her, it's when she's in her science projects or into her art projects. And for my son, it's when he's gaming, but not just gaming. It's sometimes making games. It's when he's working with other kids to solve a problem. Um, his is, you know, tag is all about UI. How do things work? How do they feel online? How can he make it better? Why did, why did they put this button here? That color is off. He just knows these things. And so, my whole image is about kids playing so that they figure out what their love of life is because that's how it's come about for my kids, right? Whether it's a paintbrush or a beaker or a microscope or a mouse, you know, it's, it's them doing their own thing and adult, adults not necessarily offering guidance. I, I can't help my son when it comes to computer coding. I, there's nothing for me to do there that that he's not 10 steps ahead of me, right? And oftentimes it's the same with Ella. I can help her refine her presentations. I can tell her where it's confusing or where an image might help support her better. Or I can tell her where maybe the coloring's off. But that's it, right? I, I'm an amateur at the stuff that they love. And that play got them there. Okay, Wonderful. Uh, I'll go back and circle back to see. Uh, so playfulness, any song that comes to your mind? I'm not a music person. Yeah, I know I shouldn't say that. And everyone, I just work. never was. I, I like the silence. <laughs> sure. So much. <laughs> My family's always like, oh, I don't know how long that music's going to last for mom. Because <laughs> I'm like, no, I just want all the noise to stop. I told you I'm an introvert. I've got one line of one string of lines on our Christmas tree that keeps blinking. I'm like, stop it. 
<laughs> I go and I turn it so it's stationary, you know, it's not blinking. And then like half an hour later, it blinks. And then okay. 15 minutes later, it blinks. I'm like, what is going on? You know, you don't want to take one string off the Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you very much, Miguel. Thank you. <laughs> nice chatting with you, Andrea.